This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the quarter pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 111 of the Stacey West podcast. Uh, I'm Ben and Gaz is with me as ever, virtually due to the situation. How are you doing mate? I'm doing very well my friend, how are you? Uh, not bad, not bad. Had uh, yeah, had, had a, I feel really tired this week, and I'm you know I know that's something that I say a lot, but I'd, yeah, yeah I've not really done a lot to to get that way, but you know, still uh, still had some football involved, and yeah, not too bad overall. Well, um, I'm just going to put a disclaimer out there: the mouse clicking in the background. Normally, I would say it was you um, checking things, <laughs> uh, but it's not. I've actually got somebody working in the office alongside me today, so we're we're not uh, we're not doing it on the hop. Everything that you hear has been well and thoroughly researched, at least this end. Um, and the the mouse clicks are basically just a little bit of um, background noise. Yeah, I mean, you know, no no thanks to you with your bloody snidey tweets. No, I don't, I don't do snidey tweets. I tweet truth. <laughs> Apart from the fact that you said that I'd said it, which I hadn't. Yes, yeah, and the next tweet, what did that say? What yeah, did the, but... the, the tweet that was pinned to it, what did it say? <laughs> you can't, nobody ever reads the disclaimers. You don't see why people read the apologies in newspapers when they apologise for a front page headline on page 12. Uh, it wasn't on page 12, it was the very next tweet that was attached to it. <laughs> I'm not buying it. Oh, it, was, it was funny, I've... accurate ish. <laughs> Semi accurate. I've been working, Gus. Uh, um, it's fake news, fake news. <laughs> and after I've been so lovely to you this week as well, I can't believe it. Yeah, well, oh. actually, actually, I did put that before my parcel from Amazon arri- uh, arrived. And for a split second, I felt something which I've since Googled and found out is guilt. <laughs> Oh dear, what you like? But I was uh, bought a very just for listeners. I was bought a very kind gift uh, by Ben. Is a neon on air sign which he has outside his uh, his room, which is meant to tell people who live in my house that I'm on air and therefore don't want any interruptions. 
um, or mouse clicks, but it isn't working at the moment, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually recording in a studio with a dog and a Fiona, which is quite unusual for me because usually there's cushions at the door and no nobody in here so i feel under pressure a bit like a live show but only one person can see me and unfortunately it's the person that you know is is most likely to give you the honest critical feedback yeah she told me i looked cute earlier so she's she's a liar obviously <laughs> bless i never get told i look cute no i know i'll send fee around and get her to tell you you look cute you'll have to try harder though okay yeah it's not it's not easy looking this cute man i mean really <laughs> Oh, in, in other news, I've just got to get this out here before we start talking about football. You know my neighbour who I talk about, who I regularly say will take prisoners if when we're out, which is meant to put people off coming around and stealing my things. Yeah. Right. So today has been what minus two. Yeah. He's he's been out in his plunge pool. So he's basically in, in his shorts in his plunge pool. But the plunge pool is basically a pond. He's got algae <laughs> in it. It's got newts and all. It's got all sorts in it. And he just set a pin. I've been out for a run and I'm in my plunge pool. I'm just looking at it thinking, I'm bloody glad you're my friend and not my enemy. <laughs> Genuinely. I don't know what it would take to down that man. It'd be like it'd be like the baddie at the end of a horror movie that would just keep coming back time and time again. You know, like you douse him in ice. It doesn't matter. He breaks through. And at the end of it, you realise he's actually a machine sent from the future to eradicate orange say, dictators of the USA. <laughs> I was going to say, is your neighbour Jason Voorhees? Uh, well... <laughs> Anyway, we'll talk about some football, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, it was um, it was a hell of a win on Tuesday, wasn't it? You know, we admittedly, yes, you know, an Accrington side that's not exactly full strength, but you could make the same argument for us. Um, but I think um, Chris is uh, Chris Ray's cartoon in the week summed it up. You know, you've got this well-oiled machine full of cogs, and then a couple of them drop out, and then you've just got two more that perfectly slot into place and still keep everything ticking over i mean it was yeah well I, I, I tweeted out midway through the first half how are we not three nil up by now i think that was just after zach had hit the bar um and that came back to bite me in the arse when we went three nil up in the second half but um yeah i mean it, it was a an absolutely dominant display really wasn't it and just fantastic stuff all around um i don't i don't really think akron's another chance in the second half did they um uh, excuse me uh second half which way would they have been shooting in the second half that other end yeah they did have one didn't they that came in and i think um it beat jackson at the near post but dion charles touched it wide so it's probably after the subs as well um but i can only remember one chance in either half for them look we know it was a below par accrington side mm. um and we went into the game we were below par not by choice um, if we'd been given the choice, maybe we would have had a few more fringe players in, but we were below par um, because of the COVID um, situation at the club, uh, because of the injuries, obviously, to the likes of, and I know we keep talking about him as if he's played many games, but injuries to Callum Moore and injuries to Conor McGrandles. You know, we haven't seen Theo Archibald for a few weeks. We don't know what's going on there, whether that's um, COVID-related or injury-related. I think um, it's. I think Michael said in his post-match that um, he's got a calf injury. It'll be out for three to four weeks. Okay, there we go. So that answers that question. Um, I didn't listen to the post-match, to be fair. So what you mean? I've done more research than you. Oh, sitting and listening is hardly research, but <laughs> I, 
I I'd just done a two-hour live show. I'd, I basically just had to turn the computer off and uh, and go and finish watching an episode of Suits. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, you know, it was um, there was a lot of necessity in our um, team selection. Even though we were down to twelve fit outfield players, it still didn't look particularly weak on paper. Um, but obviously, you know, the likes of Max Melbourne, he's he started what one league game I think so far this season, and only appeared six times in the league in total. So, yeah, he was certainly a reserve player, and, and I'd put inverted commas around that. You know, Zach Albazedi has not started a game uh, in any other competition bar this. Um, Liam Bridcut's easing himself back in from injury. That you know, the, you could argue it, it was below strength. Um, potentially, probably didn't have what people would consider to be a recognised number nine. But when you've got young Anthony Scully doing what he's doing, it's it's mm. hard not to say he's a striker, isn't it? Do you know, he's hard, you know, you can't really pigeonhole him. No, I mean he's he's not exactly you know that sort of. Um... I mean, he's not like an apprentice to to Tom Hopper or anything like that. He's he's becoming his own he's becoming his own player and he's, he's just able to slot in wherever he wants to, you know? Um, I think we've, we've said it before that he, um, he, he just seems to be undefinable. Um, but he, he will slot in wherever he needs to and, and usually tends to just do well. Like, you know, you put him on the pitch and he'll just run and run and run. But in addition to that, he's, you know, he's getting goals at the moment, which is just, Great. What was it? Three in his last five, is it? I think so. Only player to score in every competition this season. Mm. Um, and I think there's only James Jones, George Grant, and Brandon Johnson have then scored in three competitions. So, yeah, it's not bad considering he's you know, he's only had nine league starts from what twenty one, mm. potentially. Um, yeah. So it's uh, look. We were talking about under strength. Um, probably wouldn't get away with arguing that you know if you had to try and put it to the EFL and say we were forced to play a week inside when we've played yeah, Remy Howarth was on the bench he started the last league game um, it just goes to show that we we don't technically in my opinion have an understrength side mm. you, we can't put an 11 out that you would look at it and go well that's not going to win the game because you, know, you take any 11 players from this squad and, and arrange them on a football pitch in positions they're comfortable with and it looks on paper like it like it's strong. Um, mm. You know, Scully plays out wider in the centre. Brennan Johnson out wider in the centre. Zach Elbazetti, who who as I've said in other competitions has actually had three substitute appearances: one in the FA Cup and two in the league. Mm. But he's got two goals from three games and I think th- two or three assists yeah. in this trophy. And I know people are raving about him, um, and rightly so for his performances. But for people who said. Uh, I'd be great in the dying stages of the Peterborough game. Um, you know, come at me on on social media if you want, but you're wrong uh, because he wouldn't. Because Zach Elbazidi's game is about counter attack. It's about transitioning really quickly. And when I say quickly, I, when I say really quickly, I've got the emphasis on the really. Um, it's about running into space behind defenders. So if you're going up against ten men who are sitting deep and battling for a draw, you know, I'm sorry, but with the greatest respect, there's no point in having fast players on um, yeah. who rely on that. You know, there's there's more to Zach's game than that. I appreciate that. And I'd love to see him get more opportunities in the league. Uh, but people have got to understand that two games of football can be very, very different from each other and they can call for very different approaches and different players. And that's why, you know, certainly Harry Anderson is a player who sometimes, some games looks brilliant and some games looks nullified because of the way the opponents play. So it's not always the player's fault. 
Um, but, you know, look, I don't know why I'm swerving onto negatives when we dismantled Accrington as we did. You know, it was still the reserve side of a League One team. They still ended up, after the hour, bringing on five first-team players, and they never got a look in after that. So, um, yeah, looking forward to the next round. Any ideas who you'd like in the next round? Um, oh, I don't know, to be honest. Um, Do you know who's in it, then? I, I Maybe. <laughs> I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Sunderland are in it. Uh, Sunderland, Hull, Us, and Tranmere are the northern section, but it's not regionalised. I was going to say it's not um, not regional anymore, is it? No, so. I I thought it was uh, on my live feed. Uh, MK this, Dons went through, didn't they? Yeah, southern section: MK Dons, Peterborough, Oxford, and AFC Wimbledon. Right. Okay. I think uh, I don't know. I've just pulled that off the top of my head. Of course you have, mate. Of course you have. Actually, you have <laughs> genuinely, genuinely. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'd, good. Um, my dog's snoring now as well. This this podcast gets better and better. <laughs> oh, amazing! Love it. You know, nothing but professionalism from the Stacey West. I know. Podcast. Do you know what? I listened. I can't remember who's I listened to a snippet of the other day. I mean, I was on Gascast. I listened to Jules in the Blood. I think I've been on the Crew one as well. And you, you know, it's just this this complete and utter professionalism. And then you come on our our podcast uh, where we talk about things like potato deliveries. Uh, I've got a snoring dog in the background, and all you hear is, is somebody typing away like I'm basically sat in a cubicle in an office. Professionalism. Uh, oh, it's good though. It's what makes us unique and hopefully enjoyable. Yeah. Charlie there snoring away, saying, can, "You know, can you hear him?" I can't actually know, but I can just imagine he's sat there. He's been walking about. He's going, "You know, I served my master truly today, so I'm going to go away and I'm going to have a nice little sleep." in the office while he's trying to do a podcast it's exactly how he's going to be isn't it isn't it just anyway there we go so that i mean i don't know if you want to say much more about accrington to be honest it's over to you um no i mean i think it was it it was just a a a solid performance all around and like you said that there isn't a weak side that we can play at the moment i think any player is i think anyone really would be rightly aggrieved to not be in the first 11 you know, every single game. Um, and it's a genuinely tough call for, for Michael Appleton to make. I think the the thing for me was that um, the, uh, what was it? Um, the performance of Liam Bridcutt, I think, was was back to more like what we'd expect to see from him. I think he was, you know, I think he was outstanding on, on Tuesday night and um, definitely, you know, <laughs> didn't have any moments like, uh, like he did on Saturday. But, um it's i don't know whether that was just ring rust on saturday or you know whether he, he wasn't quite there but um yeah he definitely performed a lot better on tuesday night for me um and uh, i think sorry just, who was that i was actually i was actually just texting nick oxbury um who played yeah. that on tuesday night <laughs> Brick cut. okay yeah i use my man of the match yeah yeah there you go so i mean the um the the question is, I think some people have said that 4-0 maybe flattered us a little bit. I, I don't think it did. I no, think we, we could have been know, six or seven. That's what I mean. Like, you know, the, the fact is that the last goal maybe was, you know, the cherry on the cake of them being a bit crap, but they weren't exactly great. And, and we, we you know, blew them away. We just didn't take the pressure off. And it's something should, that I've gone. Should have been 2-0 before we even scored. Yeah, should have absolutely. Been, you know, Zach should have arguably Zach should probably have had a hat trick the, you know his opening yeah. goal should have probably been his hat trick goal so mm. yeah ludicrous anyone that says that 4-0 flattered us is um on LSD yeah well, I mean one one person that may have been saying that was John Coleman 
Um, his comments after the game weren't—I mean, he, he wasn't derogatory, but he, he sort of had that passive-aggressive snidiness about him with with some of his comments. Um, initially, I, I saw some comments directed at me on social media saying, "Have you seen his comments?" Because he said this, and then I listened to the interview, and he didn't actually say it until he made his point because he was kind of I think he was trying to be a bit sly with it and saying you know um you've got you know you've got these these clubs that can you know they'll they'll they're not even filling the benches you know they're, they're not filling the bench with youth players like we have you know we've done they could give them the night of their life you know they could stick them on the you know on the, on the pitch and give them a starting role or you know bring them on when the game's won but teams aren't doing that and then just to be incredibly clear as if he's completely lacking in any ability to get subtext across just went i mean lincoln could have done that for god's sake john just you've lost the game you know you've lost the game to the better team just let it slide and everyone will be happy with their lives but yeah a bit disappointing to to see that credit to him his opening comments were that they were well beaten i know i know i know he's had the snidey dick but he hasn't come out and said, you know, he, he knows that they were just well beaten by a better team. Um, like the Shrewsbury game, when we play them next time in the league, it'll be a completely different battle. Um, we do have a very good home record, though, against uh, Accrington. I don't mm. I, I don't think they've beaten us at Sinsel Bank, have they, in an awful long while? I can't remember off the top of my head them beating us. I remember yeah. us beating them 5-1. I think the first meeting when they came back in the league, we won 3-1. Um, it was nice to see young Freddie Draper on the bench as well. Um, yes. Got quite um, interested in the 18s and chatting to a lot of people around the under 18s as well. So, um, big unit apparently um, could have a, a decent future with us. And you know what? I, I love young players coming through. You know, like the Sam Longs and the Sean Rowans and all that. Like, I love to see these young players coming through. But the one thing that I would desperately love to see is a prolific goal scorer come from the youth team. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like a proper. Um, success story and I know he's not a local boy he's been at Coventry and Derby but just to see somebody come through the academy come into the first team and play do you know what I mean like all of a sudden he's scoring you know like 15 goals in his first 30 or 40 games and everybody's looking at him saying we'll sign him for two three million or whatever I do, yeah. I'd just love to see that I think that I think that's the thing is you know obviously we're saying at the moment that the, the goal is to bring young players in and develop them and then sell them on at a profit and I think when you say bring young players in, I think the the best and most cost effective way to do that is to do it through the through the academy and through the youth setup. Um, and I think you've you've hit the nail on the head there. If we, if we do see a goal scorer come through that that is going to be that that mythical twenty goal a season striker that everybody seems to want, I think yeah, you know there there would be a big price tag on on there, particularly if things carry on the way that they are in the season because mm-hmm. you know who knows where we'll be at this point next year. So, um, but you mentioned the bench and it kind of brings us on to something that we wanted to talk about quickly um, is obviously the COVID situation at the club. It sounds like there was another positive test in the playing staff um, in the week. Uh, at least that was the comment I think from, from Michael pre-match. So um, it, it sort of explains a little bit why we're doing questions rather than a preview i mean we'll, we'll talk briefly on gillingham but at the moment we can't really do a preview on a game that a we're not 100 percent sure is going to go ahead and b if it is going ahead who's going to even be in the squad so um obviously it's a you know it's a situation that's affecting 
everybody at the moment and you know has done for a year now and you know will continue to do so for the foreseeable future but i i must say i'm 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 kind of impressed at the um the, the provisions and you know the, the policies that have been put in place at the club um to to try and mitigate all of this and i think michael's come you know come out publicly and said that in, in interviews as well that they are doing everything they can to try and limit the spread of it if you know in the club and obviously we aren't in a situation like Shrewsbury where we've had to close the training ground and we've had to, you know, essentially suspend all of our games for, you know, a couple of weeks. So, um, I mean, what's what's your take on on that at the minute? And, you know, will it affect the game next week? Don't know, um, is the honest answer, because it's the sort of situation where you never really know what's happening behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know what which players have got it, which players might be coming back. Uh, I mean, the, the Theo Archibald there, for instance, I didn't know if he was a COVID victim or not. Um, the other player that, that was notable by his absence on Tuesday night who had played on Saturday was James Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether there was a whether there was something there, I don't know. Um, I know uh, that the club's protocols are very, very stringent. Um, uh, Sam and I were meant to actually be recording at the ground uh, for the Peterborough game. We were meant to be recording at the ground for the Burton game. Sam couldn't make it and then I, I made the decision not to go because I, I think I've said before because I felt I would probably be taking the piss by doing so mm. you know just turning up and going here I am to record when I don't need to be yeah. um, so we agreed that we were going to do the Peter game and then pro- such protocols were put in place that essentially all non-essential staff um, were not to be at the ground it's that simple and so you know it was a perfectly um, reasonable request for us not to go so we didn't um, so for me personally again it's you know, was a bit of a stinger, but fully understand it. Um, so the club are doing everything they can. Look, we could be worse. We could be Grimsby Town, who have just been hit by a fine because they basically ignored the protocols and then cancelled three matches when one person got COVID. Uh, but that, that's a reflection on how quickly um, the situation develops, changes and evolves because one COVID test created such fear that Grimsby cancelled three games and have essentially come away with no sanctions. You know, they should, in, in my opinion, not because it's Grimsby, but in my opinion, they should have been dot points because they cancelled a game relatively needlessly uh, and have now been bre- and have breached protocols um, in in achieving the positive tests. We've not. We've picked it up. Um, you know, we obviously wanted to play the, the game on Tuesday. Michael felt that we could. We probably wanted to play the Wimbledon game when they were in a position where it could be cancelled. Um, I do wonder if the bench was as light as it was no matter what the official rhetoric is, um, because if we start playing um, the Hayden Cans and uh, the, not Sean Rowans, but the Billy Saltz and the Billy, uh, uh, Ben Saltz and the Billy Brooks, and yeah, if we fill the bench with YTS or Academy players, uh, I believe that the way the rules work, that they are then classed as first team players. So if we got to the Gillingham game and we'd lost, let's say, 10 regulars, Grant, Hopper, uh, Jackson, Johnson, Jones, or with COVID, the AFL, I think, then make you play the game because you've ha- given the young players senior experience. Uh, okay, got you. I, because Lee Bowyer had a moan about it amongst everything else that Lee Bowyer <laughs> moans about. You know what I mean? Um, so, uh, yeah, that, I, whether that's a reason or not, I don't know. Um, I did think the reason Aaron Lewis was not allowed, was not on the bench, was because if he had been named on the bench, um, then he couldn't go and play for another club or 
if he had come on, he couldn't go and play for another club. Uh, but Alan Nixon uh, has tweeted tonight that he thinks that the two-club rule has been rescinded for this season. Now, Alan Nixon's a Sun journalist, so it's probably a lie or something he's made up. Um, but even so, you know, that's a nice little segue, I think, isn't it, into Aaron Lewis? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the situation with Aaron is, is obvious that, uh, you know, He's been conspicuous by his absence since he came back. Um, he wasn't getting game time at Newport. Uh, he, you know, he, he wasn't just a quick look, you know, on on his um, on his profile on you know a few a few sites. It's like you know, not in squad, not in squad on the bench, not in the squad. Um, and I think that's a shame for him because I, you know, I, I do still think he's got a lot to offer. Obviously, you know, he's making the Wales under twenty one squad, so he's he's got something there, but. Right now at Lincoln City, I think Michael said as much after after the game. You know, he's he doesn't have he, he doesn't have anything that he would be able to do at the minute to break into the first team. Um, he's not going to be getting game time. So, you know, the, the club are potentially looking at well, the club are looking at, at things that they can do to help him get football elsewhere. Now, whether that's going to be a loan deal to the end of the season with a view to making it permanent, such as you know Alex Bradley had, obviously is is permanent deal went through a little bit earlier um i don't know but uh it it's a shame to me to see him um kind of not getting the game time because I, I think he's got the talent but you know obviously we've got players above him at the minute in the pecking order um and unless tj oma gets injured i i, I couldn't see him coming in and uh, and taking that spot TJ gets injured, he doesn't come in and take the spot. Robbie Gotts does. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's what I mean. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I personally, I, you know, I've liked Aaron when I've seen him play, but the fact he hasn't played much mm. points to the fact that there's got to be some reason that he hasn't played as much. I mean, I remember, um, and I, I'll name no names, but a former staff member who's not with the club anymore. Um, talking off the record about Aaron Lewis saying he didn't feel that he was league one quality, but we needed depth in the squad and he would add that and he could come in, I think a little bit like Alex Bradley, to be honest. Um, Mm. You know, he could come in and do a job for a game or two, but if you were to stick him as a first team player on a regular basis, uh, he might not cut it. And excuse me, arguably, could you say the same about Remy Howarth? Mm. Um, Possibly, possibly not. I think there's, there's, you know, they may develop these these players, uh, but I think the difference with Remy and going off on a tangent is you know when you put Remy on there that you're just going to get 100% all the time. And I think Alex Bradley was similar. And there's maybe got to be a question around Aaron Lewis as to whether he's put that same shift in. Because let's be honest, there have been times when we needed somebody to go and play it right back and he hasn't. Chatting to Michael at the beginning of the season, he said, you know, there was times when he was in the team and then suddenly he'd get a niggly injury and was out of the team. And and let's not forget, he was going away to play for Wales under 21s uh, and then not fit to play for us. So mm. I don't know whether there's a question over fitness. I don't know whether there's a question over um, attitude. And look, I don't want to suggest anything negative about one of our players, um, but he's a young lad. Uh, who knows? Um, the fact he went to Newport and played one game should be a big red flag. And, mm. you know, we saw it last season with Jordan Adebayo Smith when he went away. He played games where he went, but he didn't particularly impress. But if you go away on loan and, and, and don't get any games at all, 
it, there's a big question mark there, especially when it's the league below. And I, I know we had the boy, was it James Brown from Millwall, who came in and, and didn't get a game, and there was obvious reasons for that. TJ Aoma came in last season and didn't get a game, and there was obvious reasons for that. Um, but you know, Aaron's gone there. He's clearly fit. He's played one game for him, and, and they haven't taken the offer up. He's out of contract at the end of the season anyway. Um, you know, time waits for no man. Football. If you're standing still, you're going backwards. It's that simple because everyone else is moving forwards, progressing, evolving their squad. Um, and unfortunately, if you're a Lincoln City player at the beginning of this season who's happy with his lot, you're going to get left behind because we've got an incredible group of players who work hard, develop and train every day. And you know, I interviewed Sam Long um, earlier in the week for the Gillingham programme and just talking to Sam. You know, there's a young man who, when Aaron first signed for this club, nobody knew Sam Long. He was just in his uh, in his house at the, the, the Minster School with the rest of the youth lads. Nobody knew him. He's now a professional, our second uh, choice goalkeeper, regular member of the match day squad, and he's so he's still so young. He hasn't stood still. That's the rate of progression that we expect to see from all of our players. You think about um, Anthony Scully, you think about Teo Eden, you think about TJ Ioma. These are players who, up until this season, have played no regular football at all, and they now look like proper senior professionals. Mm. Um, the bar has been raised, and unfortunately, um, the, the harsh truth is, it, I don't think Aaron Lewis can reach that bar anymore. Mm. Um, so, you know, a, a struggling League Two club could get a diamond in Aaron Lewis mm. because he's got something um, but I don't think at this stage in his career a League One club are going to snap him up and take a punt on him mm. not in the current climate anyway no no, not at all no um, so yeah um, that's that's Aaron Lewis I mean better news on the loan front has come pretty much just before we started recording hasn't it um, with Chris Hewton talking about uh, about Brennan Johnson, and that's how you do a segue. Um, he's obviously, you know, lots of lots of media speculation um, around <coughs> whether Brennan would be staying. Lots of um, sorry, you missed you missed the word needless um, from that. Sorry, Karen. I, I said media. No, needless. You missed oh, the word sorry. needless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's. Um, <laughs> It, I don't know. I understand you don't. You don't want to break friends with. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's been a. It's been a bit of a circus, hasn't it? And it's. You know, I understand how things work, and it's. You know, it's best to. You know, put speculation out there to get people talking, but. I mean, it was. Yeah, it was. It was kind of baseless, and particularly going back as far as it did, it's just. <sighs> yeah. Um, I think obviously you know. A lot of people are spooked about what happened with Tyler last season. And uh, that's the the red flag that's going up for a lot of people at the moment is it's Forrest, it's a young player. We've got history there. You know, what's going to happen? And I think, um, you know, moving to today's comments, Chris Hewton's come out and said, yeah, uh, well, I mean, I think you've, you've literally, as I called you to start the podcast, you were just finishing up the uh, the piece on the site. So it's, it's you know, I think he's, what was it, the the words? It was, it, he's he's getting the regular game time at Lincoln, and we wouldn't we wouldn't feel it was positive to him or something. Uh, yeah, I shall have to click to actually find um, the uh, the comments. 
Um, but he, yeah, he basically has, has said that he's, he's better where he is. He's getting game time. He might not be able to get that if he went back to Forest, which we saw last season with Tyler Walker. Now, I get the Tyler Walker comparisons. I know that uh, in commentary there uh, on Tuesday night, Rob Maypiece, I think he even said that he felt Brennan Johnson had been more of an impact than Tyler Walker. Mm which is a bold, bold statement for a player whose goals kept us up. But I can see the angle from which he was coming. Um, yeah, I, look, I've made no, no, no secret of the fact. I, I personally don't think that speculation about a player's future in November uh, when he can only be recalled for a two-week window in January. I, I've never thought that that was the right thing to do. I understand that, uh, all joking apart, that certain sections of the media have... Um, viewing figures and advertising revenue to hit I understand that there may be a story there but you know I say it every week if I collected I'm not just talking about local media either if I collected every Brennan Johnson recall story between November and now and turned it into a £10 note I have absolutely no doubt whatsoever I'd be able to cover my mortgage for a couple of months Um, and some of it has been lazy some of it has been rehashed all of it is going out there with an intention of playing on the fans. People see, people understand that Brennan Johnson can be recalled, so they want to see news about it. Absolutely none of those articles, um, that's what I say, absolutely none. Very, very, very few of those articles have delivered news because there is no news. Um, and uh, yeah, I understand when the media have asked a question of the manager and the manager has responded, that's news. Mm-hmm. When somebody puts something like, um, oh, Forrest have let this player go, that's not news about Brennan Johnson. So Forrest have signed Anthony Knockhart on loan. That's not news about Brennan Johnson. But everybody's turning those articles you know, into supposed news. This is news. Chris Hewton actually saying something and I kind of get it. And, you know, it's almost like biting the hand that feeds us, isn't it? Because you're or by certainly in my instant, in my situation, because for a very long while I, I wanted to generate those clicks. Um, but I just also feel that especially in the current climate, a game where people are, you know, are restricted to staying at home and, and the only outlet some of them have got is, is the internet and social media and that sort of thing is peddling fear. And, mm. I, I just I don't yeah uh, I haven't got with that maybe because I'm I'm a person who then sees the headline and clicks on it like a gullible bellend um, and then I read it and it's like well that's not actual news there are an awful lot of people who think it is actual news this is actual news as far as I can see Brennan Johnson looks like he's staying um, so all of that fear all of that worry all of that uncertainty and bickering on social media and, and dissing Forrest is needless. Um, and we shouldn't be dissing Nottingham Forest. This is the club that let us have George Grant more or less for free. This is the club that loaned us um, Liam Bridcut last season as a kind of a, a replacement for Tyler Walker. This is a club that loaned us Tyler Walker anyway, who scored the goals that kept us up. This mm. is the club that have loaned us Brennan Johnson. I mean, you know, they've done us a hell of a lot of favour, an awful lot of favours. Mm. Um, and then you get some people on social media, and I'm not criticising some of them, but they say, well, why have we got these clauses in the loan deals? Yeah, unless it's very, very specific. It's almost like a, um, it's almost like a prerequisite. It's like if I was to loan, if you were to loan me your PlayStation Five, and by the way, feel free. But if you were to say, <laughs> look, you can borrow this until the summer, and then in the March you break your leg and you go and need my PlayStation Five back, I would give you it back because it's yours. So that's why this why loan deals have recalls in them because. Brennan Johnson isn't our player. He's a phenomenal footballer. He's probably worth £1.5 million of anybody's money right now. But, you know, 
he's not ours. I can't, I, I can't buy a PlayStation 5 right now. So if I borrow yours, it's your investment. You know, it's just I'm getting the best of it. So, you know, imagine me borrowing your PlayStation 5, playing on it. And then you, when you say you want a new map back, me going, oh, Ben's an arsehole. Yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd say that anyway. No, I wouldn't. Do you know what? I, all joking aside, I wouldn't. As you can tell, and we've got some questions, and I know time's ticking away. But as you can tell, the Brennan Johnson speculation, it does touch a nerve with me. And I've, as I've said before, I've had some words and got blocked on social media. And I just, I don't like it. And I'm a hypocrite. Because if it was 91 other teams and I could make money out of writing a story about one of their players, I probably would. But when it's one of our players... And I see directly, you know, how it the, the kind of impact that it can have on on people. Um, yeah, I don't agree with it, but there we go. No, that's fine. I mean, you know, just just to clarify, no matter how many times you try and subliminally influence me by saying borrow your PlayStation Five, it's not happening. Um, so there's that. Um, yeah, you see, you see that right. He's not the Nottingham Forest way because the Nottingham Forest way would be to lend me it. And then when they want it back, take it back, but give me the Xbox One as a kind of a, you know, there you go, <laughs> or the Xbox S series or whatever. What you're doing is basically the Preston North End thing. <clears throat> you know, just not lending as anybody. I don't even know if we've asked for anyone from Preston. Probably not. You're basically <laughs> Preston North End. Uh, I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult, so I'll leave it at that. Um Right. Was there anything else that we wanted to talk about? I mean, obviously, we said we're not going to do a, a preview on Gillingham primarily because we don't really know. We don't really know where we are uh, with, with everything in the club um, or, or Gillingham's situation either. It could change, you know, tomorrow morning. But, um, yeah, I, I'm sort of looking forward to the uh, to the Evans-Appleton rematch, even though it's going to have to be socially distanced. That's hmm. I wonder if he's. I wonder if Michael's reach would actually go over that, you know, that, that two meters mark. Probably not. He'd have to have long arms. He hasn't got tentacles, Ben. He's not Doctor <laughs> Octavius. I know he could just get a big stick. Um, so uh, we'll we'll move into uh, some questions, unless there's anything else that you want to bring up. No, not at all. Okay. Uh, right then. So we've got some questions from Twitter. Thanks for, for asking them. Uh, first question is from Andrew Hammond. He says, do you think Callum Morton can, on top of the rest of the squad who've been outstanding, offer that little bit extra, which, dare I say it, will get us promoted into the championship? Yeah, of course. Um, sorry, I had, to, I had to kind of try and get my head around that one a little bit. So the, the question he's basically saying, can... Um, Callum Morton add something to our promotion push. Yes. Am I understanding that right? Yeah, of course he can. Um, without a doubt. Uh, he adds variety. He adds another body. Uh, whether he will play very much uh, remains to be seen. Remains to see ha- how he comes back, um, how he recovers from his injury. But look, any calls I'd seen for, for us to cancel his loan spell and go for somebody else are interesting. Um, you know, I, I think there was an argument that we could cancel Morton's loan because he might not be back till February and then go and get somebody else who's instantly ready to step up. Um, but I think Anthony Scully's done that. So, you know, I think it's worth waiting for Callum Morton because I think it's also, it shows a little bit of faith in um, West Brom. It strengthens the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of him coming back in, you know, we, we haven't really seen a lot of him. He made two substitute appearances in the league. Um, I think he only made two starts, one in the AFL Trophy and one in the League Cup against Bradford, which is uh, or, or in the League Cup against Crew. Did he start? Uh, 
Did he start against Bradford? I can't I remember which game against... it I can't remember which game it was, to be honest. No, I think it was Bradford. I think he came on against Crew, and I think he started Bradford and scored late on, didn't he? Mm. Um, yeah, of course he can add something. Um, I don't think, and I, I'll get shot down for this, I don't think we actually need to add goals. Um, mm-hmm. I think everything that we're doing at the moment is right. I think what we actually need to add is, is a certain strength when we're up against the bigger teams, because I think Sunderland's and the Portsmouth's have kind of overawed us and outplayed us and we've given them respect. Um, but I actually think we've got goals in the team. I mean, you've got George Grant on seven, Hopper on five, Johnson on five, Monsmer on five, Scully on four. If you get those players scoring at the same rate again in the second half of the season, that'll be, you know, George Grant 14, Hopper 10, Johnson 10, Monsmer 10, Scully eight. You know, goals are all over, all around, all through this team. So mm-hmm. if Callum Morton comes in and drops three or four goals in the league, even off the bench, um, it'd be be interesting um, and I think he's, he's a little bit different to Tom Hopper as well uh, probably different again to Scully so Hopper is more of a kind of a workhorse centre forward and I mean that with you know with the greatest respect um, works terribly terribly hard probably not a natural finisher but will pop up in, in key positions Scully is very different he's, he's more like a bee you know he buzzes around like a blue bottle everywhere you never know where he's going to pop up some days he's just annoying as hell the other days you know he's, he's stinging you all over the place uh, and then you've got um, Morton who I think is a little bit different probably a bit bigger than Scully almost maybe a cross between the two so yeah ho- hopefully he gets back and, and can get into double figures in terms of appearances there you go. So, I mean, much the same. You know, I think if it's if he if he you know, gets over his injury for the for the running, um, it's definitely going to be another another string for Michael to to use. And I think uh, that's going to be a a proper. I mean, it, it adds the depth to the squad. I think that we we're lacking in certain areas. And I know we've said you know lack. I use the term lacking very very loosely. Um, because I think the squad is is fantastic as it is. Um, you know, it adds that it adds the numbers rather than the depth in in talent. I think. Um, so, um, Edinburgh Imp says, which of our lone players out of Palmer, Aoma, Gotts, and Johnson do you think would be the biggest loss if they were to be recalled back by their parent club this month? While they've all been good, I think Palmer would be. Um, and I would probably agree with him on uh, on Alex Palmer. Um, I think he's been fantastic. You know, obviously the, the number of clean sheets he's kept in the league is is fantastic. And then the you know, obviously he's he's just he's a keeper that seems to just exude that confidence that that we've needed and that um, you know that command over his area. And it, you just feel confident that he is there. And I know that you know we we spoke before. I think last season we spoke about um, with with Josh Vickers. You know, you've got that. You didn't have that confidence that when a penalty was taken you know Josh Vickers would there'd there be any chance of it being saved you know it was always a case of right well this is probably going to be a goal I get a sim- I get the opposite feeling about Alex Palmer in the area you know if, if the cross comes in there's a more than likely chance that Palmer's going to take it um, and I think he has been absolutely key for where we are at the moment um, I mean what about yourself who, who would you say has been the most crucial to us was that the question, or was it who would we miss the most if they weren't here? Uh, sorry, yeah, who'd be the biggest loss? Yeah, Palmer, because you'd have to go out and find another goalkeeper. And mm. with the greatest respect to all of the other players who have been superb for us, you know, we've had some really good loan signings. 
Morton's injuries aside, you know, we've not had a loan signing who I would say has been pointless. Um, okay, Gotts hasn't had an awful lot of game time. Uh, but, you know, you lose Alex Palmer from this uh, side and, you know, that, that's a critical, critical loss. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge blow. You could argue you lose Brennan Johnson, you can get through it. Um, you lose TJ Ioma, you could get through it. But you lose Alex Palmer uh, and that unsettles the whole defence. So 100% without doubt, uh, I wouldn't want him recalled. My gut feeling is that none of them will be recalled. I think if we worry about any of them at all, uh, obviously given today's Johnson news, um, I think the worry is probably about Robbie Gotts just purely because of the games he's played. I mean, he started uh, nine games, I think, with, mm-hmm. with three from the sub bench. Probably not as many as Leeds would have liked him to have started, given that a lot of other teams were after him. Um, but, you know, the thing is, these players are in a winning side. And even if they're not getting the game time, as long as they are getting some game time, that's beneficial to their development. And let's not forget the apple factor. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a respected coach. Well, yeah, you know, we. we, we no, I was, I was, I was literally about to say the same thing. Let's not forget the fact that we've got one of the better coaches in the country yeah. as our manager. So, um, on a slightly similar note, uh, Chris Lamming asks which current loan player is most likely for a permanent deal, if any. Um, I, I, I can't see any, to be honest. Um, but we've been surprised by some of the quality that's been brought in already. So um, I'm happy to be surprised, but I can't really see any of the, the loan players becoming permanent this time around. No, I think if I was to pick any, I might say TJ. Um, because I think when you look at Brennan Johnson, likely to be in and around it at Forest next season. When you look at Alex Palmer, certainly would have the ability to play um, for West Brom, and if they were relegated from the Premier League, he's a good, he's championship goalkeeper. Um, Robbie Gotts, highly rated at Leeds, probably um, not likely to be leaving them. I, and given the amount of games he's played for us, would he be the, the type of player that you would say, well, we'll go all out to sign him? And bear in mind, you start signing these players, you're going to be looking at you know, club record purchases because these are good players from big clubs. Mm. Um, the only one might be TJ Ioma, but he signed a new deal before he came here. Mm. Yeah, he may find it hard to break through at Spurs. Um, but I think that what you what you see with all these sorts of players is uh, they're, they're slowly on the climb. And you see it with a lot of different loan players that they start in League Two, League One, then into the Championship. If we don't go up, um, TJ Ioma could well be playing on loan with a Championship club next season to get his senior football. No, I'd, I'd agree with that one. Um, right, Sam Ray asks, uh, of the current squad, what's the current starting eleven, Or what's the strongest starting eleven? sorry? There isn't one. Horses for horses. <laughs> Genuinely, there isn't yeah. one. It depends who we're playing and when we're playing them. Um, if I were to say we were just going to play a generic good League One eleven, uh, and, and I had to pick from a fully fit side... Um, I go Palmer in goal, Ioma at right back, Monsmer and Joe Walsh in the middle, Teo Eden at left back, Liam Bridcourt with Jones and Grant ahead of him, Brennan Johnson on one. Ah. <laughs> Tom, Tom Hopper up top and Morgan Rogers on the other wing. And that's going a little bit out on a limb, more of Morgan Rogers' reputation than what I've seen of him. Um, okay. And it's very, very harsh on Anthony Scully and very, very harsh on Harry Anderson. 
potentially potentially um, that could change okay um i mean mine, mine would be very similar in that i think it's it's those two wing positions that are um are the question marks and like you say it's just really harsh on on whoever gets left out and i mean i i haven't seen or none of us have really seen um much of morgan rogers at the moment but um yeah to, to leave out harry or, or anthony at the moment is uh it's a tough call and i'm again keep saying it but i'm glad i've not got that decision to make well dave Harry's a fan's darling, um, mm. and I was looking through, you know, do the, um, the the kind of the Stacey West ratings, and then I go on and work out a man of the match, like a, mm-hmm. a proper anal stat geek. I've even got a spreadsheet <laughs> for it, genuinely, all with different tabs for the months, and then it all adds up in a main tab. It's fantastic, uh, and it is fantastic. Um, <laughs> Stacey West readers, and bear in mind these the September games didn't get included, so it started in October um because i didn't have the uh the widget for then harry anderson's got five man of the matches behind uh grant i think and brandon johnson on three apiece mm. and there i am saying he's potentially not in our first 11 but then it depends who you're playing you know if you're if you need a battering ram arguably you might go harry rather than rather than um, morgan rogers but we haven't seen a lot of morgan rogers but let me predict that in five games time, you ask me that question again, you don't leave Rogers or Johnson out. The question. No. Yeah. yeah it's, and then is, do you drop Hopper for Scully? Yeah. That's, that's an interesting one. I'm, uh, yeah, certainly five games time. It's one to definitely look back on and think bloody hell. Um, Right, okay. Uh, Ed Blissett says, when we were in League 2, we were top in January, the board made a lot of money available for signings who never kicked a ball, just to ensure we had enough to get over the line if injuries happened. Can you see the same happening again? In my opinion, I hope not, as it seemed a waste. Um, I think that the obvious thing is there that you're not going to see a lot of money being freed up um, this time around. You're not going to see the board carving out a chunk of you know what's left of the budget to say right well we need to possibly add a little bit more to this um because it's just not there i mean we we saw the we saw the accounts this week and that's something we haven't actually talked about um we saw the accounts get put out this week and and it was um you know the, the club has made a loss again but it's not you know we're not in debt still so you know that's another discussion but um yeah, I, I can't see it happening. Um, Michael seems to know exactly who he wants for his targets. He seems to know well in advance. And he seems to be laying the groundwork rather than just going out and panic buying, um, you know, in, in January. And particularly with, you know, the, the, the one question mark of a loan, I guess, um, in Johnson going back, um, that that's seemingly no longer happening. So he's got the stability there. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I don't see it happening. No, no chance whatsoever. It's not the policy. Um, you know, we we spent a little to get out of League Two. We we weren't the biggest spenders, but we certainly did compete with the best teams in the league in terms of our budget. And we were able to do that on based on football fortune uh, of, of the previous few years. We're not able to do that now. And uh, you know, I, we've actually got quite a decent squad when everybody's fit um, mm. and everybody's on it. We, we've got got options in every position um if we do make a signing it will be a signing i think as 
as has already said, that would have been made uh, in the summer and it's just brought forward. So I don't think there's any peppering and papering over the cracks. Uh, I don't think we'll get to transfer deadline day. And we'll, I don't think there's any point in us planning to take that day off because I don't think any business that we would have to do uh, would be rushed through at the end. You know, different managers have different plans. No criticism, in my opinion, whatsoever of bringing in players who didn't play an awful lot of games. Um, we had it in the National League season with Ricardo, Ricardo Calder and Ross Etheridge. Um, we had it with uh, James Brown. Um, was one I think who, who stuck in my mind as well, wasn't it? We had it with Lee Angle. But yeah. you might need those players. Um, at the time, we were in a uh, you know, we were in a position where we probably rolled the dice on promotion, uh, and we needed to back up our bet. It was almost like you know you've gone all in, and the guy across you's gone all in, and you think bloody hell, I'm going to have to stick some more money on this. Whereas now in League One, we haven't. Uh, we're forty percent less than that. We're managed sensibly. We won't break the bank. Um, and we do have a decent squad when everyone's fit. So, no, I can't see that happening to answer the question. No, no, no that's fair. Um, I mean, just while it's while, while we mentioned it, I think I, I put this out on Twitter and I, I, I'm genuinely quite impressed. Kieran Maguire commented on um, the, the the accounts that were put out by the club and he said, you know, that Lincoln is setting the gold standard um, in transparency and accountability and everything else with the accounts that were put out. And... Uh, yeah, I just I think that made me feel even more so that the club is in in good hands at the minute. Um, you know, the, the the accounts there's there isn't a lot of point in me delving into them because there's some you know some stuff I don't understand because it's a hell of a lot of numbers. Um, but yeah, to have somebody that deals with it day in day out come out with a statement like that was uh, was certainly one to to take heart in. I think. Well, Kieran's been in the supporters board meeting. Hmm. Okay. Kieran was in one of our sports board meetings um, with a fan engagement expert. Um, so you know he's 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 a lot of different bodies like that are given access to the club or or are um, consulted on things. Whether Kieran's consulted, I don't know. But I'm thinking like the Kitsman consulted on kit design and things like that. So you know I I see it certainly from some of the bits and bobs that I've been um, involved in. Uh, I mean, I was invited in when we went over to Ticketmaster, so uh, a long while before we moved away from Eventbrite uh, to when we were trialling and um, trialling new systems. I mean, I, I didn't test the Ticketmaster one. I tested another one one afternoon, kind of asked questions. But, um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, they super, we, we're a good football club. You know, we know that. Lots of back slap, back slapping. Next question. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Chris Comras says, uh, given it seems increasingly likely uh, that we won't be back in grounds this season, what additional initiatives do you think the club and fan base can do to keep money getting into the club? Um, and this is a good one because, yeah, what can you do when you're stuck at home short of buying, you know, 50-50 tickets and, and streaming passes? Well, yeah, buy 50-50 tickets, streaming passes, stuff from the club shop. Um, because you know could that that sort of revenue has been hit very uh, I have I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head but the club shop's taken a hit because you don't have the footfall and I mean I know it if, if I walk in the club shop on a match day I buy something okay mm-hmm. it's usually um, a key ring or uh, a clearance pack of Christmas cards or uh, do you know what I mean just something yeah. little I'll, I'll always buy something um, and I haven't obviously I haven't done that 
And if even if there are a hundred me's out there who always buy something, that's a hundred me's. That's twenty four match days or twenty, you know, with cup games and everything as well. That's a lot of revenue lost. So, you know, fans that can afford to, um, obviously, you know, do that by a program, um, by just do anything that you can at all, mm. and. No one should feel any pressure to do because I think there's an awful lot of people out there who are probably struggling as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say the club will be all right. You know, they will keep putting the initiatives out there. When the club puts something out there, try and buy into it if you can. And yeah, that's that's all we can keep doing. Yeah, um, and as I say, I think it's it's just a very difficult situation to kind of. Um, I think we spoke about this before when we said, you know, that I think. Um, I think when we had a conversation with, or it might have been when I had a conversation actually with Liam a while back, I said, you know, are there any more initiatives? Are there anything that you know the club want to put out? And I think his his view and the club's view at the moment, was, or at the time, was very, um, it was very against kind of putting out scheme after scheme and you know option after option to kind of get more money into the club because it was one of those instances where they were like, well, we don't want to keep coming out, you know, cap, what appears to be cap in hand and, and saying to people, oh, we need more money, we need more money. Um, I mean, obviously, at the moment, things are substantially different to, you know, to, to how they were then, because we're, we're still not getting to a point where we can see where we're going to be allowed back in grounds. But um, it's uh, it was definitely a, a concern of the club, I think, that they didn't want to keep putting out you know different schemes and different options for people to buy into things so it's a tough question um but yeah i think as long as there are things that are put out by the club as long as people buy into them without feeling the pressure then that's that's going to be fine um okay next comment is or next question sorry is from abp who says how likely do you think it is that george grant's going to sign a new contract no idea I think it entirely depends on where we finish. I think okay. if we if we stay in League One, um, I think the chances diminish. I don't think it becomes um, you know impossible. I think it, it possibly becomes a little bit harder for to, to keep him. Um, but if we if we go up, um, I think the the chances are you know substantially higher that we we will keep George Grant as a Lincoln City player because I think at this stage in his career he might more well he's more than likely got one eye on championship football anyway um he's certainly got the ability to play there and that will come on to another question in a second but um yeah I think I don't think there would be any malicious intent you know I don't think he's trying to engineer a move because obviously he's at the end of his contract and he's got options on the table or he will have options on the table so yeah Personally, I think it, it it all depends entirely on where we finish, um, and I'd I'd love to see him stay. I think I think everybody would. So, um, well, I, when I interviewed him the other week, he was telling me he was settled. That was part of the move um, with his girlfriend. He's got the little one, but at the same time, it's a short career. And if a championship club's in and they comes in and they're doubling or tripling his wages, then obviously. He'll make the move. I think the fact that the club have, have already said that they'll probably would like to talk to him about contract um, or some tentative discussions have already happened is 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 good. I would imagine that will be um, the next um, fear monger story from February onwards. Um, yeah. Will he or won't he sign a contract? I've already seen on social media people in the know saying they know he's off and all this sort of stuff. Um, but. Nobody Are these the same that. people that said that he was going back to Forest? Probably. 
before <laughs> they say the same sort of things week in week out. Brandon Johnson's being recalled, yada yada yada. Um, so you know, I, I, the honest truth is I don't know, and I, I know that I'm expected um, to to bring some sort of opinion to the table, but I find it very hard discussing um, people who might go and 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 trying to find potential negatives and dark patches. Uh, in a in a season where we're top of the table and there are a lot more pressing matters at hand, George Grant will be playing for us until the end of the season. Right now, um, that's all that anybody should be concerned about because if we were to go up to the championship, uh, then you know it, it would be a different playing field. If we were not to get promoted, who knows in terms of wages? Um, if somebody triples his money, then then he may well go. But the fact is, there are more pressing matters at hand than whether he's going to leave in the summer or not. Um, like what he's going to do on the field between now and the end of the season. Is he going to score 15, 16 goals? Is he going to take us to Wembley? Um, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, let's enjoy what we have and not worry about when it might go. Yeah, 100%. Um, on a similar note, and I think we're probably going to get a similar answer, is if Grant leaves, who could we sign to replace him in the CDM role? That's from Harry. I don't think we need to sign anybody. Um, I mean, let me let me rephrase that. I think the way that I was reading that is if he goes before the end of the season and he's not going to go before the end of the season. Um, so I think regardless of what happens at the end of the season, we will need new new bodies through the door because um, obviously loan players will go back and you know some other players might potentially get you know, get new deals elsewhere. Um, I think it's probably too early to start looking at replacements in that role um, for now. But in terms of the squad that we have at the minute, I, I wouldn't necessarily see the need to replace or the need to have somebody come in in the central defence uh, CDM kind of role. Um, so that's that's my response to that one. I know you said that you possibly didn't have a response to this one. Not really. I mean, first of all, for me, he doesn't play CDM. Liam Bridcut does. Mm. Um, so, you know, if George Grant won't, it wouldn't be that role we were looking to replace. It would be, in my opinion, an attacking midfield role. Um, we have Conor McGrandles, we have James Jones, we have Robbie Goss on loan. So if he was to go in January, which I don't think would happen, um, I think, yes, we would look to bring somebody in. There will be a contingency. Uh, but I think if for you and I to sit here and start saying the names of players that we like um, would would be like going on the EFL hub and looking at who they're linking us with. <laughs> yeah. It would be baseless because, you know, as I put out in an article earlier today, there is no, when I say there's no rhyme or reason, there's no pattern, there's no obvious um, kind of way that Michael scouts players. He doesn't just get players that he's managed. He doesn't you know, just get players from the division below who are doing well. You know, with Peterborough, you could look at players, certain players, and go, Peterborough, I'm going to buy them. Like Ryan Broom last season, you could talk, custom made for Peterborough because he was the best lit player in League Two by a mile. He was going to cost anyone in League One half a million pounds. Well, whatever. I don't know if he did cost them money, but you know what I mean? He was out of most clubs' boundaries. Yeah. He was never going to sign for a Rochdale, um, but he was never going to end up at Bristol City and play. And, and, and so with Peterborough, you can predict who they're going to sign, who they're going to replace somebody with. You could do it with Danny a little bit because you always knew the type of player that Danny would want to sign. You always knew you know, the players he had been in for before who would come in for again. There's none of that with Michael. You know, who could replace George Grant? I don't know. Mm. It might be an under-23 from a Premier League side. It might be a kid currently playing in the Japanese third division. I don't know. Um, you know I, I just think, I don't think that we 
will sell a player and then wonder about who we're going to replace them with. I think Michael and the recruitment team have a long-term vision and they will already have a rough idea of what the squad will look like um, with or without George Grant next season. So, again, it goes back to that. You know, we'll try and enjoy him. I understand that there will be all sorts of speculation. but yeah. um, No, that's fair. Um, quick one from Cornell. He says, do you think we'll finish champions this season? No. No, okay. I'm probably in the same boat there. He did also ask about other competitions. Um we might go yes. to Wembley. Yeah, uh, to, 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 not to dismiss it, I don't think we'll finish as champions. Um, I do think that we're serious automatic promotion contenders. I don't think there's any reason we won't finish as champions. I don't think there's any teams that are significantly better than us. Portsmouth were on the night, but they're not proving to be over the course of the season. Um, I, I just think that there are an awful lot of good teams in this division. I think we've got our away form is very good and it's kind of there's a chicken and egg scenario because people say, well, our, our away form is good. So it's positive that we've still got to go to Portsmouth, Sunderland, Hull, because they're the sorts of team, you know, we, we do well away. So going to their ground will do well. But there's also a train of thought that our away form is good because we haven't been to Sunderland, Portsmouth, Hull, Ipswich as yet. Um, they're the key. Those four away games are key. I'll tell you something, if we were to take eight points from those four away games, um, then potentially we might end up going up as champions. But the point is we're in a we're definitely, definitely promotion contenders. Um and uh, you know, it's an easy shout to make when you're top of the league by four points with uh, twenty one games played, but bear in mind twenty one games is not halfway through the season yet. Um so there's a lot of football to be played. But we could well go to Wembley. I do fancy us in the EFL. Yeah. No, I I think we've said before, you know, Michael's got history there. We've got history there. So um, could be a, could be an interesting one. Um, right. There's a couple more. I'm aware that we're pushing time sort of over an hour at this point. So we'll, we'll barrel through them. Um, <clears throat> where are we? Uh, Kate, uh, Kate Jackson says, which players do you think could become established championship players if we were to go up? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um all of them. <laughs> yeah, I with the with the rate at which the squad's developing, um, I think potentially maybe Liam Bridcut might might drop away from that window, and I think that's no. that's me being harsh, but yeah. of the current squad, um, yeah, I think there is thirty-year-old Liam Bridcut who's played for Sunderland, Nottingham Forest, Leeds, Chelsea might not be Championship standard. Whereas no. Carter Grandles, who's played for MK Dons, will be. In the future. How far in the future? He's only 30. <sighs> You're such a dick. <laughs> you know what I'm getting at, though? With him being the elder statesman of the squad, if you like. I respect your opinion. <laughs> That's what we need more of, apparently, in this world. Mm. Um, no, so yeah, I, I, of that, if you were to ask me of the most unlikely to progress at the same level... I would potentially say Liam Bridcut, but yeah, I, I can't really pick apart the team and say they're not championship quality at this point. Maybe I, I no, I, I can't. Like you know, th- there's a lot of development to do, and obviously, as I said earlier, we've got one of the best coaches in the country doing that development. So there are players who have plenty to prove to show that they are. Um, League One and or Championship quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, Theo Archibald, 
um, Zach Albazedi, uh, Remy Howarth, Max Melbourne, arguably as well. Um, these are players that you know, I'm not dissing them at all because they are they are decent squad players at this level. Um, if they were all in a starting eleven at this you would think that we'd put out a weakened side and that kind of contradicts what I said earlier but yeah, we don't have a weakened 11 but they're four players particularly um, who have probably got some ground to make up um, would all comfortably fit in a you know in a, in a lower half league one side um, but in a top half knocking on the door of the championship potentially not if the question was aimed at you know the, the likes of Teo Ed and Anthony Scully players like that you know there's one or two of them will certainly have to develop this squad as it is now wouldn't survive in the championship this squad as it is now is still better than the Wickham one that went up last season so and, and players change and you know I'm going to I'm going to dip out a little bit here uh because I'm going to go into a sport that people probably know nothing about. Um, but two, three years ago, the Buffalo Bills uh, signed a quarterback called Josh Allen, um, who uh, was the 32nd best quarterback out of 33 in his rookie season. Um, he's now, uh, in the current rankings, the third best quarterback, and the Bills are heading potentially to the Super Bowl. Nobody could have seen that coming. Um, massive story over in America. And it's the same with some of our players. You know, Right now, one or two of them might not look championship quality. You never know who's going to raise their game. You never know who's going to go from being nothing to something, um, you know, in the space of 15, 20 games. Yeah, I mean, you're probably going to uh, you're probably going to give me the old QI flashing symbols and all the rest of it for this oh, one. Go on, um, go on. But the the immediate you know kind of comparison there to making English football is, is probably Jamie Vardy. You know, you've got somebody that that was in the non-league and he was you know not proven in any way then somebody took a gamble on him and finished top score in the premier league they took a one million pound gamble on him well yeah but that's nothing at that level it's a hell of a lot to pay for a national league player well yeah but you know not. I, 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 i get your point um, but I think that uh, Jamie Vardy showed progression. There was never a point in Jamie Vardy's career where he had had two or three years and, and someone had gone that your level. And you know, mm-hmm. I think there are one or two players in our squad that other clubs may say that's your level uh, that you know could surprise people. And I'm thinking James Jones, Conor McGrandles, players who have been League One players, established League One players at other clubs, Joe Walsh potentially. That you know, fans of MK Dons might say, yeah, Joe Walsh is a good League One player. Fans of Crew might go, James Jones. You know, somebody I remember a Crew fan saying we were surprised he got a move to a starting League One team. You know, to start in a League One team, they're the sort of players that you know, on the face of it, you might say, are they Championship quality or not? It would be incredibly harsh to to say of any of our squad they cannot develop into Championship players. We don't have any players that are at 28, 29, 30 years old who you think cannot step up. And, and you know, Kate picked it, I think it was Kate picked it up uh, on my live feed the other night that, you know, players like Ian Ashby played in all four divisions for Hull. Well, if when they were a fourth division side or a League Two side or a Division Three side or whatever it was, if someone had said Ian Ashby could play Premier League football, I would have left you out of the room. Um, but the fact is that he developed with the club and somebody did pick up Vardy. And the point is that players like Vardy went from club to club. They developed, they stepped up, they performed while they stepped up. Whereas you, know, the key is to take 
players with you on the journey. Southampton were good at it with the likes of Adam Lallana um, kind of sticking in my mind. Played from, I think, in three divisions. There was a kid at Bournemouth, Harry Arter potentially, played for them in three divisions. And I think, I don't think there's any player who I would immediately say right now does not have the scope to develop into a championship player with his football club. Mm. Um, but by the same rationale to stop me getting pelters, I'm not saying every single one of our players is a championship quality. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We haven't been signing players who are at their ceiling. Mm. And that includes Liam Bridcott, who could could play in the championship now. Yeah. No, I, I mean, as I said, that, in my mind, that he was the least likely to, and that wasn't a slight on him at all. But anyway, right. You won't say that when I tell him. <laughs> my mate Ben said... Oh, Liam's not my mom, is he? Brids, uh, yeah. I'd call him, probably. Brids, my, my co podcast co host. Yeah, you, you won't know him. But um, yeah, he basically, <laughs> he basically says you're a mog. Cool. Yeah, I'd appreciate that. I would never dare say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Andrew Bruce says, How scary is Apple to look close? Not at all, unless no, you're on his bad side. Yeah, not even slightly. The, the, you could tell that yeah, if you got on his bad side, I think there's a certain coldness that he would drop out but he's yeah. actually not he's a really friendly approachable guy yeah uh, very chatty yeah i mean i think i think when we did you know going back to i mean i've only met him the once and that was when we did the live pod and i think that was it, it was quite it's quite reassuring to see how at first it it um, you could see he was probably a little bit unsure about the situation because obviously it was his first it was first press thing and even in the photos you can see a little bit guarded at first but as soon as you got into that conversation with him he just opened up and he's just really approachable really easy to talk to and just yeah he's um he's not at all scary um unless you're steve evans i guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i mean if you, you know if you're steve evans you've probably got bigger problems than worrying about how uh my, i think uh you know Heart steve disease. evans yeah steve evans cholesterol levels are probably scarier than michael appleton um but final question, um, I think, uh, yeah, final question is from Jack. And he says, how different would the squad be, do you think, if it weren't for COVID? You know, obviously the the the, um, the full text of that is uh, traditional end of season uh, finishing in May and the season starting in August if we'd finished 17th after a steady run in. I don't think the squad would be too much different, to be honest. Um I think the the fact that the business had to be started a little bit earlier um, and the fact that we were one of the clubs that that kind of jumped on that bandwagon very early. Um, I had to wonder if that was snoring or something creaking just then. No, it's um, the creaking the door. I've no idea why <laughs> he's coming in. Um, but yeah, it was, to my mind, I think we... He sort of identified his targets and he said, you know, who do you, this is who I want to bring in. But he had to start that work a lot earlier. So I don't know how different it would be. Um, but that's my take on it. What about yourself? Yeah, I agree. I don't think the squad would look all that different at all. I think we may, if COVID hadn't kicked in, we would have had our bigger budget. Mm-hmm. Um, so to completely to go back straight on, on what I've just said, uh, because I didn't think about it properly until I said it, uh, the squad <laughs> would probably look different in that Michael would have had more money to spend and therefore, you know, he may have been, been able to go for different targets. I don't think it would have looked radically different. Um, I think we may have kept Michael Boswick. You know, I think Michael hinted at that 
and I think if, if budget hadn't been as much of an issue, we may have done. I don't think we would have kept anyone else. Potentially, potentially Ellis, uh, um, but but nobody. I don't think outside of of Ellis and Bozzi. Um, potentially, we wouldn't have signed the likes of Remy. Dare I say, um, and maybe not Theo Archibald. I don't know. Maybe we would. Maybe we wouldn't. It's hard to second guess. Mm. Um, the fact is, COVID did hit. We did have our budget slashed, and we do have, um, you know, a, a squad of players that's that's doing very well. And look, I don't. When I when I say we, we may not sign Remy, by that I mean, you know, we may not have been taking um, players on trial because yeah. Michael may have planned more. Yeah, you know, I certainly don't want to sound disrespectful to Remy Howarth. I've, I may have made that sound that way um, over the uh, over the course of this podcast. I don't want to because. I've got huge, huge respect for what that kid's done for himself, oh, um, as well as for the football. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, it, I think it's. I was gonna say, I think you know, you'd be, I think we're sort of on the same page with it because I think, you know, the 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 fact that we've, the fact that we've had this situation, I think, you know, the the club have been praised from a couple of circles as well as you know internally they've said that it was a situation that they jumped on and they made sure that they were the first in the queue for the players that, that, that Michael wanted to bring in. So I think, you know, having that, having that there, that says to me that Michael had those targets before this was even, you know, before the, the situation was got as crazy as it did. So, um, yeah, I think having, having the, the, the targets in mind, I think was, uh, was definitely quite handy. Cause I think, I remember them saying that they were, you know, they were in discussions with some players back in March. So that was before, you know, before lockdown was a thing and before everything else initially hit, you know, so you've had those discussions with people, admittedly not face to face as they potentially normally would have done. So, yeah, in terms of the main bulk of the the first 11 in particular, I don't think, I I can't see too many differences. Well, they, they spoke to Adam Jackson in January. He made that. He said that in the interview that the first contact was January. So, you know, there you go. That's everything you need to know. Um, yeah. there, there was always the plan. T.J. Oma was already at the club. Yeah, you know, a lot of the players actually were already at the club um, as well. Anthony Scullies, the Teo Eddins, the Zach Elbazedes, um, Liam Bridcott, arguably I think would have come anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's just the ones who we did have contact with, almost when I say visibly, but the likes of Theo Archibald who. You know, I think we it first got mooted in March that we might be interested in him. You know, I don't know about the Joe Walsh and the Conor McGrandles. Would they have been available um, had COVID not struck? McGrandles, I think, was still under contract. Correct me if I'm wrong. One of them certainly was. Um, yeah, I think we probably yeah the squad would look similar. I think it would look similar. Mm. Okay, well that is the last of the questions. Um, so thank you to everybody that's that submitted them. It's always good. Uh, I'm aware that this one's probably run a little bit longer than we normally would do, but that's what always happens with question-based podcasts. Um, hopefully we've got a game next week. Uh, obviously, you know, we've got a weekend off, so, you know, just stay safe and all the rest of it. What are you uh, doing when you're sadly off quickly? What are you doing? Anything nice? Anything probably good? playing video games in my pants, mate. That's what I normally okay. do. I'd play them on your console. It's, um, it's hey. worth <laughs> You're still not borrowing my PS5. It's not happening. No. Um, I couldn't dare take it off you it'd be like taking I don't know breathing apparatus away from a Covid patient (laughs) thanks I guess is that 
I think. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's just a, a weird situation all around at the minute. And uh, hopefully, you know, I, I have had a few people get in touch and say that they're, you know, that they, they do appreciate weirdest weirdest way of saying it they appreciate what we do i'm like what i sit here and get the piss taken out of me for half an hour and then, I talk, appreciate about fo- that. <laughs> and then talk about football for a bit that's uh yeah that's it's just it's fun isn't it i do enjoy it yeah me too massively massively good, good stuff right well uh is there anything you need to to say or to plug or do anything not that i can think of no cool yeah, all right not, well i'm not I'm not hawking anything at the moment. So, <laughs> um, good stuff. Well, if that is the case, we'll wrap up for the uh, for the week, and we'll see you next week um, when we might have some other stuff that we can talk about that we can't at the moment. So, yes, see you then. All right, bye. <laughs>